So, so Brittany, I, I, I noticed this morning that you were uh, upset because you, you were like walking around stomping your feet and, uh, you know, uh, huffing and puffing a lot. And I, I, you know, I just kind of read your body language and realized that you were upset. And I just, yeah, and I want to talk to okay. you about that. Well, I just want to see yeah. if you're okay. Like, are you well, all right? Like, I'm, concerned. you know, I'm, I'm not okay. Right wrong. Oh, oh, I'm not okay because I think that you reading my body language. Uh huh. Yeah. First of all, I think it should, I think it should be illegal. Well, I mean, like, that's kind of like how, you know, before <laughs> should, we developed be complex, before we, you know, learned how to develop complex, uh, you know, language skills, you know, body language is really important. So it's kind of like fundamental to human. Yeah, but I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm a, I'm a woman. I had. It was, yeah. And so when you, wedding, a man. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, folks. We waited. Um, <laughs> that <was> funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think when the, the sexism is when you comment on it. Like, you can notice body language, and you can use that as a guide for, you know, how to properly behave. But it never must become acknowledged or commented on by a man, because that's a sexism. That is a sexism. I just don't, I... I... Especially if, especially when a woman is girl bossing, okay? Like, this is probably the most important part, is that if a woman is in the middle of being a, a girl boss bitch, you do not notice anything about her in any way that is negative like never uh-huh okay okay i hope you're all taking notes i don't chris i don't see you writing <laughs> sorry when a woman is girl bossing it up with her lululemon or lululemon or however the fuck you say it uh you know 200 dollar handbag it's pronounced lime. um uh, so, in case you guys haven't um, picked up on the uh, the sarcasm that we're 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 t- dealing with here, um, what is it, Kirsten or Kristen? Kristen, Senator Kristen Cinema of Cinema? Arizona. Our, our yeah, first openly um, bisexual uh, senator. Oh, really? Yeah. Is nice. she? Yeah, and I heard she's an ultra marathoner too. Right? She is. Good for her. Yeah, so she, uh, so she was girl bossing it up on the Senate floor when we were voting for the amendment to increase the minimum wage fifteen dollars an hour in the COVID relief bill, and she prances. Oh no, I'm sexist. She walks up <laughs> in a perfectly normal, non-gendered manner, uh, and she and, taps Mitch McConnell on on the shoulder to get his attention before yep. she does it. Yep. Because she's showing off for men, which is fucking internalized misogyny. Yeah, no, he never does. Yeah. And she did this, like, it's so fucking insulting. It's so, like, I was, when I watched the video, I saw all these people tweeting about it, and I was like, you know, okay, so she gave a thumbs down, and she probably looked like an idiot. But then I actually watched the video and was, like, enraged, like... And it was one of the first things I saw, like, in the morning, the morning that it happened, the morning after it happened. and. Just like just bubbled over with rage at watching it, because if you haven't seen it, like she kind of like gives this little curtsy and she like kind of like like flips her hip a little bit so that her skirt flounces and she like gives this thumbs down 
And it's just, you know, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't really even have any good words to explain how fucking nowadays? curious it they're makes giving, me. They're giving the thumbs down or thumbs up, like, instead of talking because of COVID? Is it because they're wearing a no. mask? Like, is this... Is this like the Roman emperor, like right before <laughs> the end of the gladiator dispute? They're just like, should we, should we kill the working class? And then the crowd goes wild. And yeah. Then we're all um, slaughtered by lions. Well, you know, it, there's a lot of ways to interpret that body language, right? Or her intentions, right? Because, like, one could say that, yeah, she thinks that the federal minimum wage should still be $7.25 an hour. You know, the same that it's been since, like, the 70s. Um, and that, you know, that's good and just. Um, and it's because she hates working people and wants them to live in, um, you know, a precarious economic position or, or die. Uh, but the other way to view it, is that she is a bold um, savior of the petty bourgeois small business and that she was doing what she could to, you know, make sure that small businesses that maybe shouldn't even exist in the first place don't go under because of a sudden raise in of what, by five years from now, the, is the $15 minimum wage increase? Like, So that's, you know, at least if that was her logic, I would have a little bit of respect for this fucking bitch. But it's actually not even her logic. So, like, there are a lot of people out there who say, no, we can't increase the minimum wage because it'll hurt small business owners, blah, 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 um, which is, like, a stupid fucking argument. But I at least, like, have some respect for its ideological consistency. Kristen Cinema, It is Kirsten. I'm sorry. It's Ki- I said Kristen, and it is Ki- you were right earlier. It's Kirsten Cinema, I think. She... She didn't. She supports a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, and she got so much fucking blowback for this that she had to put out a statement. And I'll read it for you now. I understand what it is like to face tough choices while working to meet your family's most basic needs. I also know the difference better wages can make, which is why I helped lead Arizona's effort to pass an indexed minimum wage in two thousand six, and strongly supported the voter-approved state minimum wage increase in twenty sixteen. No person who works full time should live in poverty. Senators in both parties have shown support for raising the federal minimum wage, and the Senate should hold an open debate and amendment process on raising the minimum wage separate from the COVID-focused reconciliation bill. I will keep working with my colleagues in both parties to ensure Americans can access good-paying jobs, blah, 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 a bunch of other bullshit. Her objection, and the other Democrats' objection to this, is that it's not its own bill. Because that is not the proper bipartisan senatorial process that we need to pass this legislation. Now, let's let me tell you what that means. It means that any minimum wage bill would require 60 fucking votes in the Senate to pass. And that's never going to happen. And that's what this is ultimately about, is that these Democrats don't they want to they want to be on the list of names of people who support something, but they don't actually want it to pass because the people who are funding their fucking campaigns and who are going to hire them when they get voted out in the next term, which is probably going to happen to this dumb bitch. They don't want fifteen dollar minimum hour. They don't want a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. That's what I think. If 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 you are concerned about like how we get 
a minimum wage. If, if by the way, look, let's just say it, fifteen dollars is already not enough. This is like a decade long, decade old. Yeah, the five like, fifteen demand. was with Tom Morello, like fucking yeah, yeah. in the two thousands. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, what the fuck is this shit? So, so now we we need like twenty five an hour at least, or something uh, like that, right? But um, but here here's the thing: if if you care how we get it, and that you it's so important that it become that it's like it becomes law through like a 60 vote majority in the Senate. Then I want you to have a $7 and 25 hour wage for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I want you to like, <laughs> I, I want you to like wear a sign that says I'm a dumb, dumb, stupid head that loves the West wing or something. I don't know. I need you. Excuse me, David. There were a lot of strong, female character leads in the west wing so <laughs> that, i feel like that's when true there are there are a show, lot of them that acknowledge their sexiness and use it to their advantage <laughs> in so many different ways in the halls of power it's really really inspiring um and cool including the republican that they hire to show that they care about ideas or something uh oh and she doesn't oh god never mind this isn't a west wing podcast yeah, sorry <laughs> fucking awful show who is um uh the who who is the press secretary uh in the west cj craig cj craig the ostrich jen saki is totally channeling cj craig like <laughs> in terms of her her, her her presentation and her aesthetic and, and like she, there, that she, is you know like what is it like uh life reflecting art yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, the Obama administration, which you know she was the the press secretary for the State Department in the Obama administration. Just like they famously were, like we're going to make the West Wing real. Like that was their. They cared about that more than Medicare for all. So you know, and they did it. By the way, before yeah, I mean, uh, b- before uh, uh, we get emails, and if you've already sent the email, um, now you're going to feel real stupid. Earlier, Chris said that that the seven twenty five minimum wage is is old since the nineteen seventies, and you were going to say, "Uh, no, the minimum wage in the seventies was like a dollar forty five and like, no, dumbass. All right, we're counting for inflation, where seven twenty five in nineteen seventy would have been a dollar yeah, eight cents. All right, so it's the same twenty five today. Power. Yeah, the, it, it was. Yeah, like the minimum the, wage the chart that been really shit. reflects it is, yeah, the chart that really matters is the chart of the productivity um, of workers in America since the seventies. And then chart, the hands down, it is. <laughs> and then I, show, the, uh, I, show, I show it to every single one of my students for you know it doesn't matter what class I'm teaching, I shoehorn it into every single presentation I make for every <laughs> single class at least twice in a semester. Every single one, it fucking matters. It's the best chart in the world. But yeah, and then you it, within that chart, the um, inflation tied minimum wage, which like you can see it going up and tracking with productivity until about like 1973 or so, yeah. which gets it starts uh, flattening. And then it's basically completely flat to today. Like it has not gone up, even though workers are producing more widgets with less time, you know, with. <laughs> Yeah, it's the cost it's of everything up. is going up. Yeah. Cost of housing it, has increased. Yeah, and AOC made the the point uh, earlier this week, I think, uh, when she was talking about how the minimum wage in um, what was it, Sweden, 
Uh, she brought up some Nordic model country being like 25 bucks an hour or something. And she was talking about how like, the Big Mac was the same fucking price or like yeah. actually cheaper there. And it's like, so if McDonald's can operate in these countries with minimum wages that are like three, four times as much as ours and still make a profit. And they get benefits the product, and they get vacations and they get like family leave and yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like... <sighs> It's just, it, it makes, it puts lie to the whole argument that like our entire society will implode if we raise the minimum wage. I used to work with the, this guy who was like, you know, he was a tradesman, like a plumber, HVAC kind of uh, guy, maintenance dude. And he was, uh, you know, I don't know if he, he generated these theories himself or if he was just like a Rush Limbaugh ditto head or whatever, but he was complaining about how if the minimum wage goes up, it will uh, impact the least skilled workers and not him. And like, because, you know, he fought really hard and did all this, tr you know, training at night and stuff so that he could do, you know, this sort of niche specialized uh, labor aristocracy position. And he was saying, like, if you start increasing the, um, the minimum wage, what will happen is everybody will rise right up to where he is at, where he won't rise above that. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense, dude. Like, if you believe in this whole free market thing and supply and demand. And you think that your, you know, relative values due to your uh, labor's uh, skill scarcity, then that's going to go up. It, it, there's no way it can't. And if that's the case, then, you know, that's got to be the concern for all of these uh, capitalists that are lobbying these politicians to fight against the minimum wage. Not just for the, you know, Walmarts out there that pay it, but for everybody else that's just not looking to give the workers any greater percentage of the value that they produce. Speak and also, it. why the fuck do you deserve to get any more money than anybody? Like, fuck you. This elitism. <laughs> I saw this one person because, I, you know, I, I, I was reading all the reports. I like to get a sense of the discourse, TM, that's yeah. out there. And so I was reading like I, I could just love I could sit all day and just read replies to tweets from fucking eggs with 12 followers. I love it. It's fantastic. And these people are like, well, you know, if you don't like your wage, then go to school and get a better job and then you'll make more money. Uh, and shit, so it's like I the same generation and the same mentality <laughs> is telling us, uh, go to school and get a better job, but don't take out too many student loans, but pay back your student loans. But also, why isn't your generation buying houses and having children? And also, why aren't you getting into these jobs that will pay you more jobs that work you fucking 60 hours a week and require you to move around the country, you know, th five times in a decade? And it's like. They don't even understand how, like, kind of traumatized our generation and now even, I think, even more so for the generation coming up behind us is with all of the doublespeak and the, like, mixed messages and the conflicting advice that we have all gotten our entire lives um, because there is no way to win a rigged game. And so it's a great goalpost moving mechanism where they can just always tell you that really what you, oh, you don't like paying high rents? Well, you should buy your own house. And then that way you're, you're building equity and then you can sell your house in a housing market. Yeah, let's try selling. You try going out and selling your fucking house tomorrow and see how much you get versus what you paid for it 10 years ago. But it's just like this. It's, it's a fucking shell game. And I'm infuriated yep. by it on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm just infuriated by these people, this this sense of entitlement and elitism that this older generation has, and plenty of people in our generation, too, who just, you know, like, either had rich parents or, like, you know, fucking hit the lottery or somehow. Lucky. And Yeah, or are very lucky. I mean, we were yeah. very lucky in a lot of ways. So, like, they don't have any excuse. You can yeah, be lucky here. and still you know, fucking like, understand I'm how the world works. 
In fact, I think you have a greater responsibility to, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like th- this, this idea that like, I don't know that everybody who's poor deserves it is very ingrained in so many people in America and it's fucked up. It yeah. really, yeah. really is. And like before, you know, like, I mean, we obviously need to increase our sense of like class consciousness, right? Like, because like the inequality is like ex- accelerating at a rate that is literally incomprehensible to most people. Like you really need to look at charts and shit to like really get an idea of just how how bad it's getting like you know we were, we were talking about you know musk and stuff it's like these these people's wealth increase exponentially and like we're living in like you know ecologically like it's eleven fifty nine. you know like it's yeah we're, we're in the end game and in this end game like you know the 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 inequalities in our society are just totally fucking ballooning and um to get a moral, you know, argument that the majority of us can get behind, it's going to take reframing this into, you know, like, I don't know. It's just people who are lucky need to recognize that they're just lucky and that they're not, you know, they're not really actually special and that everybody, no matter how lucky you are, is like one bad accident, stroke of luck away from just being completely ruined. Like I, I worked with this woman at um, uh, Hudson Mohawk Magazine, and um, her name was Kat, and uh, she, you know, was talking about um, she did this whole uh, series on homelessness, and check it out. The HMM is such a good program. It's done by the Sanctuary for Independent Media. It's all volunteer run, um, and it's like local journalism and um, slice life, you know, stuff. And she basically went around and interviewed all these homeless people that she uh, knew when she became homeless and, you know, checked in on them and sort of, you know, gave like sort of a deep dive into like what it's like to be a homeless person in the capital region. And her story about becoming homeless was her and her husband were, you know, middle-class people with like good jobs. They got a house that they thought they could afford. You know, they both had uh, incomes, uh, you know, like that could afford it. And they worked, you know, for two or three decades, you know, together, they were married and her husband got diagnosed with cancer and, um, he, his jobs, like, you know, health insurance system basically like denied him a lot of care. So he started going into, uh, bankruptcy personally and she, uh, you know, couldn't get pay for, you know, an in-home a uh, person to take care of him so she ended up uh having to take time off of her job to you know take care of her her dying husband um in in their home and uh that's when uh she lost her job because she wasn't you know like the, her boss wasn't going to allow her to 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 be, do that for very long um and then they lost their home and the husband died and she had uh, a child with him and the child, you know, was able to uh, stay at uh, some friends' uh, home, you know, so that it had like a somewhat normal, like day to day life. But she just couldn't bear being, you know, a, a additional burden on her friends that were able to sort of like put 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 her child up, and so she became homeless. And like she never got addicted to hard drugs. She didn't fuck up. She didn't do like any of the sins that you know we. We typically blame homeless people for having that, you know, make their condition justified. And like, 
this two income middle class family with like, you know, a modest home <laughs> living in Troy, New York, just, you know, w- one got cancer and then died and the other one w- was made homeless by the process. And it's just like, you are not, you're, you're not actually sheltered from this, even if you're lucky, even if you, you have money in the bank, even if you got a, a salary job with a good, you know, health insurance, like it, we're one bad, you know, roll of the dice away from the same condition of just the most desperate person you'll, you'll meet, you know, on your way yeah. to work today. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, like 40% of Americans will at some point dip below the poverty line. Like it's another thing that we, 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 we miss quite often, right? Is that, uh, um, we think of po- like, there are obviously people who are in poverty for like the majority of their lives that it is like a thing that uh defines them for uh too much of their life but it's also like when we talk about the social safety net and like the the lowest people can fall in a society we are usually we are i mean talking about nearly half of everyone because most people at some point will either either become homeless uh, uh, have a homeless home instability of some kind or like are in between jobs and living on credit cards like Brittany and i have lived on credit cards uh my 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 mom uh, my mom after the divorce like uh lived with her brother for a while and then like had to like borrow money from her boss to get her first car like do like a bunch of really it was really in a really lived in a double wide after my mom left my biological father we lived in a double wide trailer with my aunt and her husband and her kid so it was five people living in a double wide trailer. My mom slept in the car a lot. Like it, it is, it is so much more common than most people think. And this is why, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, like off mic about, you know, do people who believe in moderate politics, like what are they evil or out of touch or both? And like, to what extent does intention matter? And like, what do we do with these fucking, we know what to do with our enemy enemies, right? <laughs> like we know what to do with like Republicans. We know what to do with Mitch McConnell. Involves a um, wall. It involves <laughs> <laughs> going down to your local hardware store and picking up some two by fours um, <laughs> and, a, and a sheet of metal. But like, what do we do with these political moderates, these, you know, eight Democrats in the Senate who voted no on 24 hour, uh, 24 hour minimum wage? Oh, God. Uh, $15 an hour minimum wage. No, I, like, I like, like that. I get the minimum wage every every hour all the time. You can pay me minimum wage if you pay me 24 hours a day. I'm just getting $15 um, every hour for the rest of my life. But I truly believe that most of them are either A, people who have never been in that position, or B, and these are maybe even worse, and this is kind of my mom I'm talking about. I hope you're not listening, mom, not that she's ever listened to the show, but like, she got out of it, you know? Like, she worked really, really fucking hard, and she was a waitress at a restaurant for 60 hours a fucking week, and she put away a bunch of money, and she was a hard worker, and she was a good worker, and she got promoted to restaurant manager, and then from there on, like, so a lot of people are either they have no experience of that or they manage to get out of it. And that's a small percentage of the people. But because we have a small voting base, you know, like because only what is it like a third of the country votes? um, The rest of all those people just get totally left behind by the machine. 
Because they can, because it's convenient to leave them behind. Well, it's a self-selecting system, right? Because if you did get out of it, then you have open to you the possibility of that redemption arc story. And that's constantly fed to us in the media. Like every go, go Google's. I, I, this is another thing I do with my students often is, you know, like when I did intro was like, we're going to do an assignment about poverty and like, go find an article about a homeless person, like a homeless person's life. That is not like they won the lottery once or this person has one unique talent that made him famous or something you know, like there is these unicorn stories that show that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And, and somebody we, found yeah, him we, singing we, in a, in a Brooklyn yeah, subway the, station. The voice of an angel. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. The voice of an angel. Now, yeah. now, now he's on Broadway. Right. Yeah. All, all these unicorn stories kind of give you the, the impression that anyone at any time could get out of their situation. If, if they wanted to, right? Or if they were sufficiently... Yeah, if only they pulled those bootstraps. Right, yeah. And, and so it's like... And so, and yeah, take some singing lessons, you fucking lazy assholes. <laughs> yeah, right. and, you know, and, if you, and if you don't get that, right, then you're... Uh, um, then, like, you, you don't vote because you know that the whole system is fucking rigged and it's not interested in your welfare. And, and who would you vote for? Right? Like, yeah, yeah. And also who the fuck would you even vote for? <laughs> yeah, who's gonna do, who's gonna lift a like, fucking finger yeah. to, to help you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or, or you vote for yeah, and 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 I think that like well, it, you know, there's the whole like never Bernie coalition, right? Where you have like Democratic insiders that like pulled out all the fucking stops, worked way, 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 way harder to coalesce around Biden to defeat Bernie's popularity and his you know insurgency campaign to basically like take on the quote unquote party establishment. And like propose some very common sense legislation that is wildly popular, wildly popular in the United States, like for Medicare for all, fifteen dollars minimum wage, all of these things. And you see, you know, to try to like pick apart exactly who these people are and what motivates them is like maddening because it's it's a mishmash. You got people that are like, you know, the the real power broker insiders that are like, oh no, we're like acting on the interests of the ruling class like quite explicitly and like consciously and like we know what we're doing and why we're doing it and like this guy is going to fucking upset the apple cart so we're going to you know get him got and then you have all these other people that are just like scared and they're like told and believe it that like supporting wildly popular policies that go against, you know, the last 20, 30 years of legislative, you know, um, uh, like example is a losing strategy in a general election. And you got to get Trump out, you got to get the Cheeto out. So, you know, we're going to go with the safe guy, the guy that can barely string a couple of words together in a sentence without apologizing for it. Like we're, you know, and these people are legitimately convinced by that argument. And the question is like, are you dumb? Is is the you know is the 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 propaganda network just so effective, so powerful, so loud, so pervasive, and everywhere that like you're convinced of these things that don't seem to pass a sniff test? Like I don't know. Yeah, and I then don't you either. Got, and then you got people that like uh, Kirsten Cinema. Uh, it's like she she's making this argument on like like technicality, like on on precedent, like because it's not the right form like what the fuck would motivate you to actually stop something good from happening because you feel like it needs to what have its own bill that you know won't pass like it's just like what the fuck is going on in all these people's minds if they aren't just like actually consciously malevolent you know um 
uh, sadistic people, you know, like, yeah, I, I think with, with, with a cinema, with a, someone like cinema that like, it really can only be like, you know, you just got in the Senate and you don't know how to lie real good. And so you just like came up with like, uh, it's because it wasn't its own bill and something this important deserves to be its own bill. Uh, does that sound right? You know, it's like you do something like, well, that. I think that that's what a lot of them are saying. Yeah. Um, the, the eight who voted against it is it, that it's, it's a pro it's an argument about process that this type of legislation doesn't belong in a reconciliation <sighs> bill. Um, and like, in some ways, they're technically right. This is not what this process is meant for. But the problem is that they also won't lift a finger to do anything about the filibuster, which is the reason that this would never pass as its own bill. And so, you know, um, I think it was like a few years back, R Republicans passed some kind of legislation that, or like some um some reform of the filibuster rule that like you can't filibuster something that has to do with I don't remember what it was, it was like the military or something. Um, and so like, you know, we could just do something right now that says, well, you can't filibuster something that has to do with the minimum wage. Like, you know, there are like so many. I don't know. There there are a lot of kind of tricks that there that the Democrats could pull out of their hat to make this happen. This just being one of them. And when I see the yeah, senators, they, they, I'm sorry, when I see these senators like refusing to go along with it, all I see is that like you are hiding behind a thin veneer of. You know, uh, politics as they should be or process or doing things the right way, when in reality, like you just don't want these things to become fact. You just don't want them to become reality yep. at all. Yeah. And we saw this last week when they pulled out the whole parliamentarian trick out of the sleeves and we were all like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're just like parliamentarian. <laughs> and that person can just be fired. Like, you yes, can just you, fire you that person. Them. Yeah. Like, it's an opinion. You can just appoint somebody with a different That's opinion. what the Republicans would do. Yes. It is because they ruthlessly and effectively seek getting the fucking goods. And they're like, and, and I, I don't want to give them too much credit because, like, they do obfuscate. They they clearly serve the ruling class, like you know, and are all oh, about course, it yeah. in terms of all of you know their actual legislative moves. But their whole um, you know market is culture war. The way they market serving the ruling class is like these fucking people want your guns. Like take, these fucking people take, want your kid to be a trans. Like yeah, it's like they're, they're, it's this fucked up like whole different level of obfuscation and like the democrats are do the obfuscation which is like we're trying all right but it's really hard and like the problem is you didn't vote enough of us in it's really um, this is your fault when you think about yeah. it but even when you have three fucking branches of government you have fucking authority over all three branches of government <laughs> like maybe well, and they'll i guess throw up uh, their hands and say <laughs> but we don't really have the senate because we don't have a we don't have a, a you know we don't have 60, we don't have 60 senators, yeah. but then they won't do anything to fix like there. It's like, they won't. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. and then it's like, on the one hand, they'll say like, well, you know, the Supreme court, you know, like Trump got a bunch of Supreme court picks. And then like, as soon as you're like, well, then maybe you should pack the court. They're like, well, no, because that the, the, the Supreme court is supposed to be a, a political adjudicator <laughs> of law. And they're like, Oh, okay. But I thought you just said that, they were political appointees uh, and that they will work on long, a long political 
partisan lines, you know, to, to strike things down. Right. And they're like, well, yes, they do do that. Like, okay, well then let's just add more. And <laughs> like, no, no, that's inappropriate. You know, it's like, because I mean, like, of course, norms like always and really only pop up when you don't really have any other like argument, like, and you just didn't, you can't scapegoat. Yeah. It's a scapegoat. <laughs> yeah. and, like, and, and really it's just, it just, it shows to me that like, they can't even really be bothered to come up with a good, argument to why not like because well one because like it's obvious that it's a good idea and there's not really a whole lot of arguments against it so they just have to find some sort of obscure arcane uh process reason like could you can you imagine like the the you know like like some like a 75 year old man who's like you know worked in the coal mines his whole life and is like voted democrat uh he's a union and 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 now his his already weakened lungs uh, from you know getting coal out of the ground now has COVID in his last hazy like like breath it, before he's put on a ventilator is like don't overrule the Senate parliamentarian. It's like no, of course fucking not. <laughs> that doesn't happen. You know, is is like 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 no one. Oh my Look, God. David, anybody yeah. who's working for seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour right now would not want their wages increased if it was done as part of a reconciliation bill. Okay, they would want it done the right way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just like imagining yeah. like they would like, want a full accounting from the Senate. You, you, has its own bill. You have like the like the N95 mask you've used like since uh like november on and you're you're elbow deep in in uh washing water <laughs> like like and, and you know like someone next to you is just like you know like filling the burrito with the caulk gun that they use at taco bell and and it was like hey, buddy, do you think we should get 15 dollars instead of 725 he's like i don't know man as, as if it's part of a reconciliation bill absolutely not i feel like that's inappropriate it should have its own bill and like, yeah, that's a good point. And, and then, like, their, their <laughs> boss is like, "You're gonna have to stay for an extra hour, and but you need to clock out now." Like, <laughs> oh my god! I know. But on. do you yeah. want some bright side information? Yeah, please, please, please. Kirsten Cinema <laughs> is getting so f- ratioed on a level that I have never seen in my decade <laughs> on Twitter. Charts. Like, it is, it is. Like her tweets, so she, her, her recent tweet is about the Arizona Small Business Association launching Forge Ahead, a free online program providing training and resources to Arizona small businesses. Forge it Ahead has, across a short pier. <laughs> <laughs> it has 134 retweets, 168 likes, and 3.2 thousand responses. 3.2 thousand replies Ooh. to this and they're all just like Ooh. go Ooh. fuck yourself <laughs> go fuck yourself and screenshots of her saying oh. uh back in 2014 for 2014 she said this a full-time minimum wage earner makes less than 16k a year this one's a no-brainer tell congress raise a raise the federal minimum wage now like so at the very least she's having a, a bad couple days on twitter you know we got that going for us, which is nice. Yeah, I, you know, I really got to thank the two of you for you know having such good humor and being so funny because, like, you know, listeners, and I have to apologize to you because, like, I, I almost didn't do this episode tonight because, like, I just am in a dark place. Like, I'm thinking about all this shit, and it's just it's so fucking bleak. Like, Texas is completely reopened. As yeah. a four oh of my like God. five days from this recording. Yeah. And so is Mississippi. I have to say, the day that, 
the day after that was announced, I woke up with this like it felt like a stone in the in the bottom of my chest. Like I just had this sense of dread thinking about all of the new variants of coronavirus that are going to be born in fucking Texas alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry it's, I cut you off, so Chris, but up. I have to say that like that yeah. that news like dropped on me like a ton of fucking bricks. Yeah, and in Texas is doing the Trump shit, which is to say he's Texas as a person, right? Yeah. <laughs> is being the worst fucking one of all of us to set an example that we can all be comparatively better, right? So like Alabama then was like, well, we're going to open up a hundred percent as well, but we're going to do it a week later, and you know we're going to phase some stuff, and like we're not going to go quite as crazy as Texas, you know what I'm saying? Like they're a little they're a little loose out there, and this is a state. That literally, because of it, it, just complete lack of regulation, letting the, um, the 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 captains of industry, the you know these fucking capitalist swine that own the literal means of production of civilization itself, the power grid, put millions of people into darkness and hunger and frigid temperatures and all this fucking shit because they nickeled and dimed the whole fucking situation. And then when I started to look into that situation, I realized how fucked up our grid is and how so yeah. close to the situation they have in Texas, every other state is. It's not and just that, Texas, man. It could happen to anybody at any, like the grid is fucked. The grid is fucked. There's only two other, two other grids. There's the Western and Eastern. <laughs> so if one of the other two go down, that's like half the country. So, yes, yes. And so the idea of any number of things, like whether it be a solar storm, whether it be, uh, you know, like basically for, for listeners, let me put on my science hat real quick. There's this thing called solar mass ejections that happen, sunspots, you know, they basically pop a like big ball of fusion, just goes off the, the fucking sun. It's like it when the sun farts. Highly, it's a sun fart. It's yeah. a sun fart. But the thing well, about the sun fart is that goes National Geographic. <laughs> we, we know about solar flares. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and so so these solar flares, they travel essentially at the speed of light. Um, and they have these highly charged particles that are like literal mass ejection from the sun, not just light. So like you have like protons and electrons and all types of other, you know, charged particles. And those things come go straight out into space and we've been really lucky like since we've had a grid in america like there was one that hit i think in alberta canada that caused like a serious uh uh problem i think it was in like 1994 or some shit but the idea of getting a big solar mass ejection that literally just hits us like a bullseye is not incomprehensible at all it's like essentially it's kind of bound to happen right yeah yeah yeah. and that this level of uh magnetic flux that would go through our ionosphere and you know into our our planet and onto the surface of it would be so immense that it would literally cause all of the transformers that you see out there on the telephone pole just fucking melt like it would most of the electro the chips in our phones and shit would just break and and basically, we could be in a grid down situation for years. And the United States' own government did a game planning, essentially, like you know, scenario planning to try and figure out what would likely happen. And they project ninety two percent of Americans would die. Ninety two percent. But if we got into a a, a multi month national grid down situation, and like. I would definitely no. die if that happened, just so everybody knows. I would definitely I be I one of the people too. that would die. 
So I like, have no I survival don't... skills. <laughs> I would probably just lay down and let the cats eat me. Like, just get started now, babies, because it's going to be a long ride. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I about a that a lot. It's, it's... But that isn't going to fucking stop Legionnaire's disease. <laughs> like, you know, it's like... <laughs> we're actually uh, 30... Uh, we're... Um... Uh, uh, was a seven days away from the 32nd anniversary of uh, the uh, solar flare uh, that brought darkness to Quebec. It was in Quebec on March, yes. March yes. 13th. Wow, we're 30 days away from the 32nd. No, we're, we're seven days away from the 32nd anniversary. Wow, that's quite a yeah. That's yeah. that's quite a temporal relationship to that event. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's so, fucking so scary. These, these things are are really scary. And you know, if we had you know a state like that was a beneficent parent, if you will, <laughs> to its children, us, it would. I don't know. Like maybe fix a couple up a couple things around the house. Like maybe back up the, enough generators such that a solar storm could be like not a grid down situation for the entire country. So you literally want a nanny state? Wow. <laughs> maybe, Chris. maybe that's some soy boy ship. Maybe take the critical infrastructure that our civilization depends on and like, I don't know, transfer it away from the profit motive to like, I don't know, the civilization security motive. I mean, we're talking about a country that outspends the rest of the world combined by four on our defense spending when we, we aren't all defending to the sun. We should be stunned. But the idea of but think about all the the jobs Raytheon creates. You just want those jobs. You want all those blue-collar American jobs that have great benefits that Raytheon creates to just go out the window. What I'm talking about is (laughs) as a transitional model. You keep Raytheon, right? Because they got you know all the fucking machine chops and all that shit, and you just retool them. We did this in World War One and Two. Yeah, we basically had the state come in and say, you know, you're making fucking. like uh, cutlery, now you're making bayonets. Oh, you're making uh, cars, now you're making Humvees. And like, that's just how we won the wars. That and fucking the USSR and... uh, Well, we did it in the interwar period too. Oh, you were a soldier, now you're cutting paths in the wilderness to start a state park. Oh, you were a soldier, now you're working in the Tennessee Valley Authority to, you know, give people uh, basic infrastructure. Yeah. So, you know, beyond a Green New Deal and the sense of trying to, you know, uh, retool our economy to be off of fossil fuels, which we also critically need to do to avoid cataclysm, just backing up the grid would give everybody, like, I think, a psychological peace of mind, at least everybody who's paying attention to this. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, a grid down situation is fucking horrific. Like, if you've ever seen the road, Nailed it. I have, and Maybe. I would be the wife. I when I when I saw that movie, I was like, I'm definitely the wife in this in this movie. That's me. That's me. Because I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I would. I don't think I would want to live through it. But it's just it's it's so. There's anyway, your little so, taste of darkness. Your little iron weeds. Yeah. Uh, yeah sorry to to, to vent. No, all that, no. But, uh, I and mean, then the last thing is, um, uh, we have a uh, hopefully a guest uh, for next episode. And they are uh, a vlogger. And I was watching some of their videos, and they were talking about the, how the vaccine rollout on a global level is getting super fucked up. Because I've been myopic about my whole vaccine thing. You know, I've been trying to focus on getting my wife, who's got a comorbidity uh, vaccine. I've been trying to think about, you know, the area around me when things are going to start opening up, et cetera. But like the vast majority of human beings on this planet 
are not going to be able to get vaccines for years, for years, which means we will not be safe. Even if we have like, you know, quote unquote herd immunity or like a very high percentage of, um, you know, vaccines and stuff. Because you look at South Africa and like the South African variant and how it's not being, uh, there's like uh, one of the, the vaccines just as like, Yep, it just doesn't work I, like at it, all. It, it doesn't. I, I don't think it doesn't work at all. It's a. It's like the the Pfizer the mRNA based vaccines are like two thirds less effective. So like significantly less effective. And the AstraZeneca one, Oxford a- a- AstraZeneca, I think it is like has like a sixth of its of its power. But like so like none. It doesn't completely erase the ability of of all of them. And like to the extent that these governments are still saying vaccinate, but. It it um it's yeah, it, yeah. it's it's only a matter of time really you're you're racing every single lot. time an individual gets reinfected with the virus it has an opportunity to mutate and that yeah. mutation does not stay in the population in which it happens it travels all over the world because yeah. we are a global society yep. we have a global it, economy it, yeah. and that's why things yeah. like Texas that's why the United States as a country is so fucked is because. We got this republic, and everybody gets to decide what they do, and, you know, like, (laughs) fucking, yeah, Texas just gets to decide that, like, we're going to create a few new variants of a deadly, of a deadly global virus, and that's what's going to happen as we do not uh, inoculate the rest of the world. Yeah, I I also watched that video, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. In the way, in the way we need to do it, and the the vlogger is quite accurate on this, is a complete reshaping of intellectual property and trade negotiations throughout the rest of the world. We need vaccine production everywhere. We need mRNA technology to not be privately owned. Like this is something that it's like it's beyond the profit motive. This is fucking to have a society that's open to have an economy that isn't just going to be fucking choked out. Like the way to do this is to disseminate this information as widely as possible to help all of the countries around the world get vaccine manufacturing as, as strong and as powerful and as bigly as you fucking can imagine. Cause like <laughs> we, have, we have 8 billion people on this fucking planet. Like the, the goal should be 8 billion fucking people able to get the vaccine, you know, in the next four months, five months. Yeah, and like that yeah. we're not organizing as a species around this, this fucking like urgent crisis that we need to nip in what uh, the bud as much as it, it's still a bud, not just fucking uh, full ass flower. Sending, yeah. Yeah. Going, going <laughs> to seed. Like, yeah. It, it's, it's and especially it, since the yeah. MRNA vaccine is like, um, uh, uh, has to stay really cold. Right. So like you can't. Yeah can't transport it very very far so you need lots of uh um centers of of production not just it's not all about distribution just as much as we you know what we what so much of the global economy is about right is is like a centralized production yeah. mostly in china and then you just yeah. trans- and then you just make transportation yep. as cheap and fast as possible and that and that's just not gonna fly in, yep. in this case yeah and and people have been drawing a lot of parallels about climate change and COVID. Um, you know, the urgency is there, right? The global aspect of it is there. The uh, the fact that it's an existential threat to our economies and our way of life is there, right? And the way that we are very, very unlikely to uh, handle, you know, it appropriately is also there. And it's fucked up. And like the idea of uh, trying to deal with the extreme challenge of retooling the entire fucking global economy to being off of fossil fuels 
is something that's going to take a similar break from normality and the profit motive. Like we're going to have to figure out how to cooperate as a species to deal with rising sea levels. Like I, I there, there was this, um, uh, did you guys see that the, uh, the, there was this like Rhode Island size iceberg that broke off of fucking Antarctica this week? No, I, I, but I did see the Manhattan sized iceberg that broke off like weeks before. I don't know. They're just like, they're like now just breaking off all the time. Yeah. Five. Well, the thing is, it's the same one. It's Manhattan thick or sorry. It's the empire state building. Yeah, thick. It is. Yeah. And it's the size of Rhode Island wide. And it just, you know, just would you say it's dummy thick? <laughs> it's dummy thick three C's. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I, 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 all right, I'll, I'll start toning it down a little bit, but it's just like, we need a global fucking revolution yeah. and like not in, in technology, in, you know, class in you know, uh, just if we're going to survive the 21st century, we, we got to start fucking acting right as a species. Like we need, and and I have no idea. I feel how like to you're threatening that. to break up with your girlfriend. You're like, look, if we're gonna survive this thing, you gotta start <laughs> acting right. You gotta start appreciating me. You gotta start respecting me. Yeah. You gotta start like not letting all these billionaires come up and just like try to break us apart. Because <laughs> you know they just they don't want us to thrive. They yeah, hate they us because we. Win. They hate us because they ain't us. Yeah, they don't want us to win. You leave me you on know? red while you give tax breaks to billionaires. now i seriously don't know if it's kirsten or Kristen cinema who cares it doesn't matter fuck that lady (laughs) i wish she gets primary (laughs) you son of a bitch sorry give me some money if you want to read this article i'm not giving you shit washington post (laughs) <laughs> I'm not giving democracy. you oh, shit. It's democracy. It dies in darkness. Oh, it dies in darkness. Oh, no. <laughs> oh it she dies in darkness. It's so dark in here. I can't see anything. <laughs> Help me, Jeff Bezos. Make me big and strong so I can defeat the evil. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys remember during uh, the little the uh, the MAGA putch on January 6th, the guy who was pictured sitting behind Nancy Pelosi's desk with like an American flag draped over this, you know, chest of drawers and like his foot is up on the desk and he's like, yeah, looking real fucking, yeah he's looking yeah. real, real uh, happy with himself. So this man is Richard Barnett, who actually said on Facebook um, that he was prepared for a violent death at the at the riot Good for and him. Um, said on Facebook. I am white. There is no denying that. I am a nationalist. I put my nation first. So that makes me a white nationalist. Um, and then later added that people who were not nationalists should get the fuck out of our nation. So uh, who, he... Who, did he say that whether they're... Oh, sorry. He, he didn't say uh, if, if they have to be white. <laughs> but I think... Probably we can assume okay. what his opinions of that are. Look, if if you if you start your political tendency with a fucking SAT question, they're like, <laughs> "I am white. <laughs> I am a nationalist. Some white some whites are nationalists. How many white nationalists?" And you're like, "No, fuck that." Merriam-Webster dictionary <laughs> defines white nationalist as. So, um, he recently had a court hearing. Now he's been indicted on like 
a bunch of charges. I don't. He's facing a lot of prison time. Um, yeah. I don't even remember Getting how mud many. Mud on Nancy Pelosi's desk is yeah, a that'll do offense. That, that's that, that'll get you time. Well, I it, think it's like stealing mail. So that's already. Oh, yeah. So he's been yeah, so he's been indicted on seven counts, including disorderly conduct, obstruction of an official proceeding and theft of government property, which is what he took from her. And he, he says, I didn't steal it. I left a nickel because um, he put a nickel on his desk. <laughs> Oh, he left a quarter. Excuse me. He, he, sovereign this man like, is I'm so traveling. You can't. You this can't man is so forever. fucking stupid. He told federal agents on January 8th that after the insurrection, he drove back to Arkansas, turned off his phone's location services, used only cash and kept his face covered. He told this to the FBI. <laughs> He also told yeah, the agents <laughs> He told the agents that they may not find much at his house because quote I am a smart man. He told the agents that he had recently removed his guns from his house before it was searched. You're going to have that's to what look somewhere else for my guns, all right? It's yeah. not that I don't have any. I definitely have some, but I'm extremely smart. I'm letting you know you have to go somewhere else to find them. But do you know what they did find? A 950,000-volt stun gun walking stick that he bought at a, pa- at a Bass Pro Shop in Arkansas five days before he traveled to Washington. And yes, he did take it with him. Hey, hey, Bass Pro Shop, why do you sell that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a cattle prod. I mean, it's a... Yeah. Why do they sell that? <laughs> For well, agricultural like, workers, you know I mean. The phrase, you, you know, shooting fish in a barrel? Yeah. Have you ever tried electrocuting a barrel? That's a good point. That's it's very effective point. to get the very fish. Effective. I mean, like, I, fish, I, they just die. I've, I've been in my fair share of Bass Pro Shops, and the the idea of an agricultural worker, like someone who, like, actually... You've never been in an Arkansas Bass Pro Shop. I, are, are they that different? I promise you. Oh, yes, they're absolutely... Everything is different in Arkansas. Okay. Everything is different in Arkansas. I'm just saying the Fort fucking Seven Elevens are different in Arkansas. I'm just saying the Fort Lauderdale Bass Pro Shop that that's where you can get like a seven thousand dollar golf club and like some uh, like Oakleys that like I don't know can tell how high your blood pressure is, but it's a, <laughs> but, but it's a joke. But not, but it's always Arkansas. You, you can you get wear Oakleys. <laughs> <laughs> In Arkansas, you can get adrenochrome at the Bass Pro Shop, which in fact is the reason the thing was actually, you know, relocated there originally. Um, I've I've gotten I've gotten tannerite at a Bass Pro Shop before, which, by the way, have we talked about tannerite at all? No. What the fuck is tannerite? On the show, is it an explosive? It's sounds- tannerite. That's yes. the okay. The way yeah, you that's said, that's said tannerite made me think that it was an explosive, and I was right. Yeah, yeah, the ite the ite gives it away. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good. But point. yeah, uh, so this dude Tanner um, invented it, <laughs> and that's why they call it that. <laughs> True story. Is it, is it, are you uh, but serious? I had a crush on a boy named Tanner in like, uh, yeah, in like second what, or third was, grade. You guys are both was blown he my mind a for character on? Yeah, was he a character on? Um, uh, or no, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, right. I definitely but, had a crush on JTT though. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, Tannerite, you can get at Bass Pro Shops, um, even in New York. At least you could. I think you still can. But Tannerite is an explosive. And it's um, 
sold for the sporting industry, uh, which is to say the shooting um, for sport industry. And it's quite fun. Basically, if you shoot it with a high powered uh, rifle, it explodes. And so you can like what get a, a ball of it. Like, yeah, you get a ball of it like the size of your fist and you put it inside like, you know, a couple of cardboard boxes and the cardboard's just gone. Like it, it, and there's a way, um, I think I can't remember who uh, pointed this out. Um, but there's a, oh, it was on, um, it could happen here. Uh, the, the, the podcast. Um, but they were talking about how there's ways of taking Tannerite and turning it into essentially RTX, which is like a real high explosive. Um, and yeah, you can just get the, the precursors of that very real high explosive, like at the Bass Pro Shop. Neato. Ironweeds brought to you by Bass Pro Shop and <laughs> your local right. militia. So, um, on shit, what was the date? Nine eleven. <laughs> no, I would never forget that. Um, yeah. I guess it was on March fourth or March third, maybe a couple of days ago. Um, he his his nickname is Bigo or Bigo, I think. Um, anyway, Richard Barnett had his court hearing and this was just like to decide whether or not he was going to be eligible for bail. And the judge was basically saying like that they were going to, you know, we're, we're going to have another hearing in a, in a month. And he all of a sudden starts freaking out. So now there's no audio of this because it's a federal court session and you can't record video or audio during these things but a bunch of journalists were on the call and they were like tickled pink by how just absolutely outrageous his outburst was so he unmutes himself this is on zoom (laughs) he unmutes himself which like by law like he has to be able to unmute himself but like you're really not supposed to just like you're not supposed to speak in a court hearing um so he's the the fifth he said to plead um, yeah, right. It really is I, part of the best. <laughs> so I'd actually heard this because I am a, a crypto liberal and I listened to Rachel Maddow. Um, <laughs> but she she was talking about it and she did. Um, Opposition research. Y- yeah, well, I, I really I've listened to Rachel Maddow for like 10 years. Like I listen to the podcast version. I don't listen to it all the time, but every once in a while I do. I like to know what the libs are thinking. Um. So the judge and the defense attorney are say are like agreeing on what, you know, what are the charges and like what are going to be like the offense level and all of this shit, blah, blah, blah. And so then, you know, the judge says, does that work for you? And he says, yes, that works for me. And then up pops a defendant and he unmutes himself and he says, I'm sorry, I need a sidebar with my counsel. That doesn't work for me. I need a sidebar. And then another defense lawyer stands up and he says, um, and he's trying to like chill him out a little bit. And he, and he keeps shouting, I need a sidebar. I need a sidebar. <laughs> and so then his, his defense attorney says, Richard, this is what we're talking about now. This is a date wholly separate from any application f- for bail for you. So just hang tight. We're going to hash out everything we need to do with the court right now. There are a couple other issues we need to address. And then we will speak to you as soon as you give us a call back today. And then he says, yes, I understand, but I've been here a long time. I've been here a month and they're going to set it for another month and everybody else is getting out. And he's, he keeps like complaining that like all these other people are getting out of jail and he doesn't want to stay in jail any longer. Um, and then eventually at the end, he says, this has been a bunch of crap. And then they <laughs> recess. Um, oh, man, is the American judicial system a bunch of crap? 
and yeah. but he's just like yelling over the judge and the attorney the whole time and he's like uh everyone else who did things much worse are already home they can't keep pushing me out month by month he's only been there since like you know mid-january so chill out dude people spend years in jail for fucking like shit they haven't even been convicted of and you fucking told an fbi agent that you pulled the guns out of your house so jesus forgive me for like not uh Forgive them for not releasing you immediately. Yeah, you just gave them a bunch of homework. So really, like, who's, who's <laughs> being unfairly treated right now? There's, a, there's someone who thought they were going to be able to get a, a vacation authorization. And now this that other bitch. go hunting for your guns. This is very funny. This is kind of old, but um, it is like a very funny story. This Jenny Cud, which is a great name. Um, who was also involved in the U.S. Capitol riot, She, who she later described it as the new revolution. Um, but prior to it, she had been planning a four-day trip to Mexico. And uh, she, she filed a motion, this was back in like early February, where she asked the judge to let her travel to go to Riviera Maya with employees of her flower shop. Um, she said, quote, this is a work-related bonding retreat for employees and their spouses. That was her attorney who said that. Bitch, you're in jail. You're facing federal charges. You're not going to Mexico. What are you... <laughs> Why would they let you go to Mexico? <laughs> I mean, like, is, is it this even a woman that got, got maced and was like, the revolution? Um, I, I don't is, know. It, is it that woman? Yeah. That they so like many. they did the anime the animaniacs mashup with. She um she recorded a video inside the Capitol um, but I don't know. She's not the lady who got who got maced. But she did say that okay, they canceled right. her and ruined her floral business um because of what what she did. Like of course, like I, I you know I guess I always feel obliged to to say this after laughing at these people is that like. We have a terrible prison system that is torturous, mm. and uh, um, yes, it and, really and yes. don't don't really wish it on any anyone. Sure, anyone, but but I mean, like the thing that is most people, the thing that's just like so fucking enervating and funny at the same time is that like these people have are so disconnected from any sort of consequence to their actions that they are like legitimately surprised that they're like not allowed to go to Mexico or uh, get out early when they're released they, on your own recognizance. Yeah, when you told the FBI uh, that you had a bunch of guns stashed somewhere, that you're accused and you're of ready to die a violent death crimes. in a an yeah. attack on fucking Congress. Yeah. It's like, well, and then also that you like, you, you want to be like, like this is the American revolution. We're going to like water the tree of Liberty with the blood of tyrants. Like he's like, you say all this shit. And then, like, your shit I don't failed. like jail. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. I and don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, and then, like, your pooch failed, and now it's like, like, no, now I don't get to go on my the retreat with the, the employees that hate me, and I forced to, bring, to go to, to pay for their own vacation to Mexico. Why did I force all my, all my uh, employees to pay for a trip to Mexico to be with me and tell me how much they love me? <laughs> you know if i if i can't go yeah. i'm just assuming but I, I but i don't know maybe that flower shop yeah. is a buku business that it's allowed to they can 
afford to send everybody to Mexico. Fuck, hey, man. Yeah. So, pretty funny. I mean, look, yeah, I also think the prison system is is horrible. I think the justice system is broken. But, like, um, and 99% of the people who are victims to it, I just, I find it abhorrent. But for these people, I think it's really funny. Like, I just think it's so funny. (laughs) This is, again, like the question, you know, David, you always talk about, like, how you don't give a fuck about the censorship argument because it's dumb. And, like, you don't, and you just want power. That's kind of how I feel about this, where it's like, I do care deeply about criminal justice reform, but like for these people, like, fuck you. I don't care. I think it's, I think it rules. I'm glad that you're, I'm, I'm glad that you're stuck and they won't give you bond. Bond for every single person in yeah, I mean, being held in detention, except for Richard Barnett, who is a self-described white nationalist, <laughs> who is stupid enough to tell the FBI that he's too smart for them. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fucking wild. It's really hard to to have a lot of sympathy. You know, it's like I wouldn't want to be fucking locked up for 2 months either. Like I'd I would also want to be out. Like but I think everything that you guys said really puts it into a uh, proper uh context, comparative context of like how fucked this is and how this this person, you know, like Yeah. Com- com- compared to stealing a backpack in high school, this is a much more serious offense. Yeah. There's a lot more evidence <laughs> yeah. that he keeps telling them. <laughs> <laughs> and shared on social media. And yeah. yeah. So that's that. There are still, the FBI is still looking for people. They're still putting out all these calls. Um, apparently there are tons of people who have like sent in tips like, hey, I know that person. Here's their name and address. And they haven't heard back from the FBI at all. Like that was, I guess, a developing news story as well. Like a bunch of people have told. Oh, yeah. I also yeah. saw and I saw that the uh, the was it the head of the FBI uh, weighed in on the uh, January 6th uh, stuff and was saying like that they were essentially like kept in the dark and they tried uh, to, to be involved in like the um the planning but they were like kept out um and then the the pentagon over the last uh several weeks also said that it was like uh it had requested information that was uh kept from them from like the capital uh police and like and yeah anyway i think that, there's been you know, all kinds of really fucked up shady shit coming out like about how the National Guard, they had National Guardsmen sitting on buses ready to be like shipped out to the Capitol for like an hour. And they were just sitting there waiting t- for like somebody to tell them that it was okay to go. Um, there's a bunch of shady so fucking def- shit going on. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's like maybe maybe we should, maybe if, if we want this to not happen again, like right, mm-hmm. maybe we should just immediately replace the president after they lose an election like immediately <laughs> like all other like countries all, do yeah like mm-hmm. on the same day or like the next day like like, like every them. other civilized nation in the western world does well you see first yeah. we would have to like actually modernize our uh, election system so we know who won yeah like pretty soon after the polls close oh my god do you guys follow at all the whole uh non-fungible token shit going on I've, I've, on twitter I've, I've, I've seen stuff about this yeah i don't yeah, like mushrooms so it, very much so i'm not familiar with that, <laughs> yeah. this, this this has to do with like b- the blockchain which like i don't understand like hey if you understand the blockchain don't 
right into iron weeds yeah don't fucking tell me i don't, don't care <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking you can care dm works. you can dm me on twitter chris I, underscore at chris. <laughs> at chris scully yeah because l- let me know uh because i, I want to know and uh i would like to know in as succinct a way as possible um but like there's these things called non-fungible tokens that have like a crazy carbon footprint like oh yeah like apparently, the- yeah apparently it would take like thousands of acres of forest in, to consume the amount or to like physically suck up like the amount of um a fucking it couldn't be that much but maybe like an acre of forest or something some crazy amount of fucking trees to like compensate for the co2 produced in making the non-fungible token and this token which is like i guess connected to like an, an otherwise regular image like some png on fucking twitter is like coded into this thing so that you can be like oh no this is this is the png and apparently like matt boer the uh the cartoonist like bought into this early and he had the 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 cell of his uh comic that says like maybe we should reform society or improve society in some way and then like some dude pops yeah. out of like and yet you participate like, in society curious <laughs> yes I, I am very intelligent apparently that thing became a non-fungible token and like i guess matt didn't really know like the ecological footprint of this and was yeah. like oh yeah cool like you know this like i don't know cyberpunk shit like blah 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 but he got dragged hard for it and so now all these artists that wanted to be a part of this like blockchain art exchange i don't get it at all i don't understand why a png connected to the blockchain is suddenly valuable but like well it must have something to do with like the way that um like these currencies are mined and like the server space that it requires to mine that's the only thing i can imagine but like oh yeah that's definitely like the the computational power that's that's needed to do the actual I don't look, yeah, that's I don't even understand damage, why you're mining for, sure. for something digital. It's not even in the ground. <laughs> Where are the pickaxes even stored? I don't fucking understand. I don't want to understand it. Don't at me. At yeah, Chris. It, it gets yeah, it gets all really complicated because like nowadays Bitcoin is so rare to be actually like discovered. Like the mathematical computations that How does are it getting get so discovered. Difficult. It's it gets not a naturally by a hive of graphic processing unit cards so this is like a whole little thing so basically like i'm a gamer you know like stone me um but (laughs) i intend to uh, yeah i deserve it um and i have a single gpu where which i use to game but apparently the same graphical processing units that you use to like play video games on a computer are being made and sold for the purpose of bitcoin mining or like uh cryptocurrency uh, mining in general and essentially there are these you know computing hardware that just solve these ever increasingly difficult math problems in like a hive network where it it like only one of them actually solves the problem or something but somehow everybody gets some level of like buy-in so that you have the a, a whole bunch of computers down in your basement like producing all this fucking heat solving all this fucking math problems and then you end up with like 0.0001 bitcoin after x amount of like hours running at like four kilowatts and that i just don't understand how you discovering (laughs) anything with math what have we ever discovered with math it doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) 
but yeah, anyway, I, the, the whole purpose of me bringing all this up is that there's got to be a way if Bitcoin is what it is, which is to say traceable, non-traceable, it's like anonymous, but it can't be faked. We can do something like that with voting, but probably not requiring like, you know, a fucking forest to be planted every year to like offset the carbon and the production of like the voting tokens. There's got to be some way we do this. I mean, again, so that we can have like voting on our smartphones, instantaneous counting. Again, David hates this so much. The billions, trillions of dollars every day get moved flawlessly all across the world and everyone knows where the the ones and zeros are supposed to go they go there pretty much the right time every time and it works and we can just do that voting it's it's not hard yep apparently i like i don't understand how it works but my bank account seems to work all the time so fucking do that and i just don't understand why we need to get like a bunch of gaming PCs to solve a math equation to give <laughs> uh, uh, Elon Musk another five billion dollars or something. I don't. I, I'm just like imagining like a, in the a, UK a, at nine p.m. in the UK, they're allowed to say who won, and they're yeah. not allowed to talk at all about the election before then. And guess what? At nine oh five, they they know who won. So how about we just ask? Yeah. How about we just ask the UK how they vote? You, we have a couple of UK yeah. listeners. No, you know how they vote? They write it down on a fucking piece of paper. Yeah, and exactly. Then that fucking piece of paper gets brought to a gym or something, and then a bunch of fucking people <laughs> count a bunch of fucking pieces of paper, and then they write it down, and then that we know who won, and it's not fucking hard, and that's the way you should fucking vote, and like you can vote <laughs> at home. You can have that piece of paper mailed to you and you can drop it in a box. You can go to another gym and and write it in there. And then it gets run by a tiny little man to another gym. And then they, they open up. And the they run. And it's so cute. And they always run. And, and, it, and like You know why? Because they have shit to do. Because yeah. tonight they're going to decide who the new prime minister is. So yeah. Yeah. And that, got beans And that's a country that just like stepped on a rake right into its face to destroy its economy. Like it used that very good voting system to absolutely destroy it. Kick itself in the nuts. Yeah, to just kick itself directly in the nuts. And like we can't even do that. We can't we can't even do that. (laughs) I think we've stepped on some rakes. The American Sure, yeah, no, we we step on rakes all the time. Yeah, yeah, like we we like but then like we'll we'll do something where like uh hey Jeb, like, why don't you uh, go, like, decide who gets to be president for some fucking reason? And, like, because we can't count votes and there's hanging chads and some shit, you know, like, 2000 election era bullshit. Oh, Just man. so the listener knows, when David said Jeb, he his face did the exclamation point. Yeah, I didn't want to. Holy shit. Yeah. Is, is, the, whole, is the whole stad uh, Chad Stacy thing? Chad. Holy shit. The Chad that we talk about is probably an 18-year-old, like, you know, fucking himbo who was named Chad after the fucking 2000 election. Like, because suddenly that became, like, a popular, a popular name in the U.S. after that, uh, the, the, the whole hanging Chad controversy. Uh, we'll have to go to names.com know. and see how that yeah. tracks. Like, if someone was named after something that happened in 2000, they can drink now. Man, they're not 18. They're, yeah. they're like 22. 
yeah, I don't want to yeah. talk about well, that. I, I, I don't like I guess that. I'm just talking. I'm just talking about the origin because, like, Chad became like something that was popularized like three years ago. Yeah, but if I knew a ton cool. of Chads growing up, so I mean, oh yeah, yeah? okay, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never met a Chad. I've known a couple Chad. of Chads. <laughs> All right, uh, are y'all ready wildflower. for wildflower? Yeah. Yep. Yes, wildflower, right. please. Fuck yes. Hook it up. All right, I got from jurist.org. Uh, which is, I guess, a legal news and commentary website. This says, uh, New Zealand to outlaw conversion therapy practices. Hell yeah. Says the, New- the New Zealand government announced Sunday, and this was published uh, February 22nd, um, so a couple Sundays ago, I guess, um, that it will pass legislation banning conversion therapy practices in the country by the end of the year or February of the next year at the very latest. So, fuck yeah. Um, the Ministry of Justice, Chris Faafoi, uh, F A A F O I, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, confirmed that the Ministry of Justice is drafting a new piece of legislation to affect the change by making conversion therapy practices a criminal offense, civil offense, or both. Um, Faafoi uh, noted that conversion therapy practices, which are undertaken with the goal of changing an LGBTQIA plus person's sexual orientation to heterosexual or gender identity to cisgender, serious uh, cause serious harm to those subjected to it who are often vulnerable youths. To which I agree. Yeah, there's a TikTok account that I recently started following. I can't remember uh, her name, but she was sent to conversion therapy when she was young. She was like a teenager. And she's been documenting on TikTok, like, you know, basically just telling the story of what it was like. And it's really horrific, the um, the mind games that they play with these often quite young people and just sort of like completely skew their perception of reality and make them feel like these, you know, like simultaneously like freaks of nature that are that are like intrinsically bad and wrong, but also these like omnipotent creatures that can take control of their entire like like inner core of being and just like you know mutate it into something different and it's really um it's really really fucking traumatic for people who are forced into it and and even some people even choose to go into conversion therapy because their lives are such hell because you know often they live in like very conservative communities and like even people who choose to go into it are deeply traumatized by the experience well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I would ima- can't I would, imagine how you wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, like the the, the whole like they, they basically say like we're going to traumatize you into like completely rethinking who you are, right? So it's like it's kind of right. Yeah, it's, it's, it says what it does on the tin. Yeah, you know, yeah, it it sure does. Yeah, and uh, you know, like it, it it reminds me a little bit of like the MK Ultra shit that they were doing in like. Uh, you know, Harvard and Stanford and shit where like uh, Ted Kaczynski was like, uh, you know, basically like endeared to a bunch of his idols. And then they like ripped him down in front of a panel of like people who he respected like over and over. And they tried to to, like break the core tenants. Yeah. (laughs) Just to see if they could. They found this dude who is like really fucking had a hard on for the concept of like Ann Prim ideology and was like yeah i don't think technology and modern civilization allows for freedom and all this shit and then they just like fucking did everything that they could to fuck them up and yeah like i can imagine it being pretty similar for conversion therapy yeah 
So before we go, as many of you know, we are um, trying to support our dear friend Kiani's campaign for Troy City Council District 5. And in the past, when we have talked about it on the show, we've asked, you know, folks who are from Troy, who are local to our city, to please consider donating to the campaign. And now that we have lots and lots of local donations, thank you so much to everybody who did. We want to give everybody else the opportunity to do something good in the world. The fund opportunity. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is a great opportunity for you, listener. So, yeah, if you like if you can hear me, if you can hear the sound of my voice right now, um, we would really love for you to give a small dollar donation to Kiani's campaign. We have found out that now uh, Kiani is definitely going to have a primary challenger. Um, The uh, local Democrats here in Rensselaer County have chosen uh, not to endorse Kiani for um, reasons of them being just far too cool um, to be endorsed by the Democrats. So we're going to need all the help we can get because they're going to throw a ton of money at us to make us lose this primary. And that is dumb and bullshit and they shouldn't do that, but they're going to. So if you um, have five dollars, we want we want small dollar donations. We like honestly, I would rather you like not give than give us a bunch of money because, you know, we want Bernie Sanders. We're trying to Bernie Sanders this 27 bucks. But if you can give us five or ten dollars for the campaign, that'll help us buy things like yard signs and mailers and the palm cards that we're going to be taking door to door to people to give them, you know, pretty literature. We just had a bunch of video done of Kiani, you know, talking about some of the biggest issues that the city is facing. And so, you know, all of our donations are going directly to stuff like that. We're working with all union print houses. We're working with local organizations. So, you know. The money that you donate to the campaign is going directly to like good folks doing good work. And um, it would be super helpful. So we're going to drop a link in the show notes. Uh, go to Kiani for the number four Troy dot com. Kiani for Troy. If you want to donate directly on the website, you can do that. If you want to sign up to volunteer with the campaign, you can do that. And yeah, throw us a fiver or a tenner and um, we would be so very grateful to you. We would take a 20 year. 20 year yeah for the yeah for the people of means that for whatever reason listen to this podcast what is the (laughs) largest sum of money that they ought to donate to this campaign we'd like to keep the average donation no higher than like we're we're currently a little bit higher than we'd like to be so so i would say give us you know 30 dollars at most right now and, right. you know, if you could do a sustaining donation, $5 a month, $10 a month, like that's really great for the campaign, too, because it's it's still, a, you know, it counts multiple small dollar donations from the same person are better than like one big donation. So if you, you're like, well, I want to give the campaign $100. Well, then, you know, give us start with $10 a month and, you know, then you can sustain us into the general election. Because this fucking campaign is going to the general no matter what, even if we're just running on the Working Families Party line, which we did get the WFP endorsement. What, what? Um, but yeah, yeah so if, if if you do want to give like a, a, a sizable amount to the campaign, first of all, thank you so much. You're such a beautiful human being. We love you. But do it, break it up into chunks so that, you know, we can show that uh, our our you know, average donation isn't, we don't want to look like, you know, we're carpetbaggers. We don't want to look like we're just funded by a bunch of small um, you know, a small, well-funded interests. So that's all I got. Anything you guys got, David, you want to add anything to that about the campaign? 
No, no, I think that's it. Okay. Yep. Uh, for more fun facts, you can find us on Twitter. Ironweeds Pod. Find us on Instagram. Ironweeds Pod. Shoot us an email. Why don't you? At Ironweeds Pod. Thank you so much. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace.